Welcome from the City of Entertainment. You are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. The only show that really gets personal with the stars. Partnered with Casino Player Magazine, a monthly gaming lifestyle publication with over 88,000 paid subscribers nationally, which now features LaFong's syndicated columns and backstage videotaped interviews online. Our website is lasvegasbackstagetalk.com, where the show is currently streaming live. Now, please welcome your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Hey, hey, and we have another killer show for you tonight. We have comedian John Mullaney, who's going to be performing at the Mirage coming up tomorrow. And we also have Weird Al Yankovic in a very exclusive backstage personal interview. And it was performed at the cannery when he was here uh, a little while back. And he is going to be coming up here in Vegas at Planet Hollywood, May 12th through the 16th, and you don't want to miss his high-energy show. He is absolutely amazing and never disappoints, believe me. But we are going to get this party started right now. Hey, hey, and on the line, we have joining us former Saturday Night Live writer, correspondent, creator, and star of Fox sitcom Mulaney, along with Martin Short, who I love, and coming to Vegas too at the Mirage, comedian John Mulaney, and that's going to be on March 6th. I am going to be there, no doubt about it. I've never seen you do stand-up. Oh, well, then this will be great because it'll be, it'll be just me doing stand-up. Yes. What kind of stand-up do you do? Like observational or autobiographical like your sitcom? Uh, I'd say autobiographical. I mean, you know, a mix of, a mix of a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, um, it's not, I'm not like smashing fruit or anything. I mean, it's pretty much me talking for a little over an hour. Do you do anything similar that you did, like, on Saturday Night Live? Do you, do you make any reference to it? Do you talk about your life on Saturday Night Live when you were a writer? Um, you know, occasionally I have stories that I've uh, told about people I met at Saturday Night Live, but uh, in general... Um, no, actually. I've never really uh, had a lot of stand-up about working there, only because it's, you know, um, uh, the, the best stories are ones I can't tell anyway. That's so funny. <laughs> that is very funny. Now, who, you decide that you can't tell them. However, there's a lot of comedians that decide that telling them is the way to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if I... If I felt that oh, this has got to, this has got to be heard, uh, I would. And maybe, you know, maybe when I'm very old, I write a book and uh, rat out everybody. That's funny. But did you ever consider writing a book about it? Without you, don't necessarily have to rat out or people. No, no never. I, uh, having worked there, I think there's way too many books about Saturday Night Live already. Well, no, it would be about you, and part of the book would include your experiences on SNL, you know? Uh, oh, well, no, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> thought about writing an autobiography yet. I think I it would be great. Things, 
I think it would be great. Now, I was researching you, and I heard some of your stories, and uh, especially of your last uh, SNL, your, your last show on SNL, when uh, you had Mick Jagger hosting. Now, you, yeah. you were, how long were you on uh, Saturday Night Live altogether? You know, uh, four and a half years, I guess I, I'd call it, because I, uh, after I left and was working on other things, I would go back now and again. So, okay, so you were on four and a half years, and did you ever, what was the best thing you could say was about working there, the best thing? Um, it was on every week, and uh, I never had to worry about uh, uh, the show. <laughs> like, you realize when you a show that's been on for 40 years and uh, is just every season that like. Hang on a second. We're, you're in and out here for a second, so we, you've oh, got to tell us yeah. again. Yes, your, your phone cut out. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. So, I was just saying the best thing about it is that it's on every week. So, Right. <laughs> but that's also the worst thing, because yeah. you're under the gun. Otherwise, things wouldn't get done. Prom- I, I promise you. <laughs> uh, having worked in other arenas, the, 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 things just wouldn't get done if, it, if it, they didn't have to be. Did you have... Uh, any problems with writer's block, I mean, as writers do, or were you just... I had problems with bad writing, where I just would have to write my sketches and they weren't great that week. What do you do? What do you do when that happens? You, you walk away from the read-through uh, with your head hung in shame, and then, you, <laughs> and then that normally makes you uh, try to think of ideas for the next week, which would be better. Well, I would and, imagine uh, that happens to all the writers then, right? I don't know. I don't know how people felt about it. I certainly wanted uh, to have a good idea every week, but, um, you know, we'd do four shows in a row and my brain would be melted and I, I'd just have, I'd always go, okay, this Wednesday's not going to be my finest hour, so I'll just grit my teeth and get through it. And then the fear of uh, tanking at the read-through would make you do better the next week. It sounds like a lot of pressure. No matter who I interview who worked at SNL, I mean, it just sounds like a lot of pressure. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, you're with people till 3 in the morning every night just laughing and laughing and laughing. I mean, we really had a lot of fun writing. The the people I worked with, um, you know, those are kind of the the happiest times are early in the week when you're thinking of ideas uh, and everyone was, you know, we were all like 25 and we were happy to be up till six in the morning and it was just really a ton of fun. And then as the week goes on, you get more and more exhausted and there's all this pressure of getting the production together for Saturday night. But you always had this sort of wild fun funny time in the beginning of the week. Sure. Now, when you were, you started in 2008, right? Huh? Um, so when you started, wasn't Seth Meyers the head writer? Yeah, and he was a wonderful head writer and a wonderful friend and really good mentor to everyone that worked there. 
Well, okay, so when you came on board, here comes John Mulaney, nobody ever heard of you, and you were welcomed by the by everybody, correct? Well, I felt it, yeah. That's great. That's amazing, <laughs> actually. Place. It was not a scary place. I thought it was going to be a really scary, intimidating place. Yes. And uh, Seth Meyers and... Um, his producer at Late Night Now, a guy named Mike Shoemaker, and a lot of the writers that work there had just created a much nicer environment. It was like, you know, we hired you because we like you, and uh, we hope you do well, and we'll help you do well. I mean, it was just a good vibe. How fantastic. I give you a lot of credit for leaving when you didn't have something solid. Most people first make sure that they have something great that, you know, that like your sitcom, you didn't have the deal yet. You know, it's amazing to me that you were able and confident enough to just resign, you know, and say, hey, you know, I have other things I want to do. I mean, that's really taking a big leap of faith, isn't it? Well, I had other things I wanted to do, but I don't know how confident I was. I knew I was, uh, I knew I was leaving and it was the right time to leave, but it was also sad, you know, I didn't, uh, of course, I've never made a decision like that knowing it's the right one. No, but I give you a lot of credit for doing it. I mean, that's just, it, a lot of comedians have a real hard time because, you know, when you finally land something that's stable, like a job, <laughs> working on Saturday Night Live, which is a great credit to have, and I mean, it's just hard to just say, hey, I'm going to walk away. It was hard, but it was also, I had had a lot of great experiences there, and I knew that um, there were some other things I wanted to do, and that I had been lucky enough to do a lot there in four years. So, it was both hard, but it also felt kind of natural. Like, sure, I, I totally understand. So... You wrote for a lot of celebrity hosts that was, and you had to spend a lot of time with them. Who were like the top three people in your mind that you remember having uh, that experience with that was, you know, different in your mind? Um, I really liked uh, working with Elton John. That was a very fun week. How cool is that? On a bunch of pieces that week and so I remember Fred Armisen and I spent a lot of time with him and he was a very cool guy with great stories who was uh, I mean he was really game to do a lot of funny stuff on the show was and uh, he was just such a he is such a huge <laughs> worldwide star that of course it's always funny at Saturday Night Live to spend time with those people how so in the, in the little dressing rooms that we have there because it's like it's like spending time with these world-famous people uh, in your college dorm, because we live there, you know? So, sure. Like, suddenly these people are in your office where you sleep on the couch, and even though they're the biggest star in the world, they have to sit there because they're hosting that week. That's hilarious. So it's a great equalizer. Uh, Danny DeVito came on as a guest once. That was one of my happiest memories ever. It was just... I could see that. Him. I could see that, yeah. And, um... Boy, a lot. I really liked when uh, James Franco hosted. 
because he was um, he was friends with a lot of people who wrote and were on the show, and he, he was it was kind of like having another cast member. He just right up for anything. Right. So, do you have these guys' cell numbers and can call Elton John? Hey, uh, I'm in town. Uh, I'm gonna stop by and say hey. Yeah. No. No. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> it would be cool if it did. Yeah. Though you know, it's funny. People uh, people have this whirlwind week. You know, it's like occasionally, I think. Uh, you forget a lot of details of the week. It's just a blur. There have been people that I forgot I met, you know. Um, and then I'll realize, oh, I've met Derek Peter. You mean like I celebrities? Like, you mean celebrities? Well, yeah, it's just kind of a crazy scene, and you're so exhausted when you're working there that I, I, I often forget that I met this person or that I worked on this sketch with this. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, well, it's, 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 it's cool but it's also scary you're like wow my brain really wasn't functioning back then yeah well it's i think it's the pressure and the lack of sleep <laughs> I think. definitely the lack of sleep yes i mean and one day must roll into the next yeah i mean it, <laughs> literally <laughs> Yeah, you lose track of time. So what was your feeling when you watched the 40th anniversary of uh, Saturday Night Live? Well, I was there and I was working on it. That's so right. But, <laughs> but you didn't see the edited version, right? You didn't see it before it aired, did you? Did I see it? No, no one saw it. Exactly. There was no dress rehearsal, there was nothing. Exactly. So when you watched it, was it what well, you were there, you know, so I was just working backstage and I would catch it. I would catch glimpses every now and then. You know? Oh, you mean you didn't watch it like nobody recorded it for you and you didn't watch I it? it? But I recorded it, but I, I guess I haven't sat down and watched it all. Really oh, interesting. Back again. So what kind of feedback have you heard from your friends and uh, and colleagues? Feedback on what? On the 40th anniversary. Like, what, what the expectations were. Like, Eddie Murphy, for example. Like, people, just from what I gathered, I mean, there was a lot of people commenting on Eddie Murphy, for example, and then somebody said, I forgot who. Oh, yeah, Norm MacDonald. He tweeted... Uh, about that uh, it, something was scheduled. He was supposed to do Bill Cosby and then chose not to in the last second. Uh, what was it like backstage? Was it chaos? No, it wasn't chaos. It was a lot of fun. It was like a, it was, I mean, people have said this, but it was like a high school reunion. Everyone was really excited to be there, but also you kind of revert back to the way you were when you worked there, which is... Uh, it was a lot of fun. Everyone was very happy to be there, which is a cool feeling. And then in terms of the show, from what I've heard, people liked a lot of stuff, and then some people didn't like certain moments, which is exactly what every episode is like. So uh, Exactly, exactly. Only natural. Right. So when, when you were on the set, like with... Um Eddie Murphy, for example, I mean... Uh, and, and uh, You know, I only... I would... I would... I, I would uh, you, 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 I can't, uh, I can't overstate how much with a three and a half hour show, 
one individual writer like me would not know everything that was going on. Oh, okay. Okay. At no point did I know what was happening in the show, and I was there from Friday to Sunday. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It, it was a really huge thing to pull off. I mean, a lot of people worked on it, and I would talk to a lot of people working on different sketches or different parts of it, and I'd say, oh, who are the musical guests? And they wouldn't know. And then I'd ask someone who knew who the musical guests, you know. Because um, it's so huge. It's, and they wouldn't know. Yeah, it was it's, so <laughs> yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Only Lauren Michaels knew what was happening. Right. How, how, what can you tell us about Lorne Michaels that people wouldn't normally know? Nothing. You know, I, I want to keep working. <laughs> That's funny. There could be certain idiosyncrasies, you know, that aren't necessarily a bad thing. But just, you know, interesting. You know, like when when I uh, interviewed Don Rickles, he wasn't what I expected at all. I'm sure that there are people that you work with that you have certain preconceptions coming in, you know, and then they're not what you expect. Has that happened with the celebrities that uh, were hosting at all? Um, you know, everyone's on very good behavior when they're there. So if, if there was ever anyone that you thought they had any kind of reputation or personality quirks, everyone's kind of... Well, it goes both ways, too. I mean... I'm talking about there are a lot of people that I heard bad things, and they weren't like that at all. I mean, oh, at that's, all. That's, that's most of it, is that you hear, oh, this person is sometimes difficult, and then they're very easy to deal with and very nice because they're happy to be at SNL. Right, right. Or, or somebody's very, you expect them, like Don Rickles, I expected him to be high energy and cracking on me and... And he wasn't. He was so nice. I mean, almost too nice. I, I was thinking, what's the matter? He don't like me? You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes your perception of what you're expecting from somebody from watching them is nothing like what they really are. Oh, true. That's, that's the way it is with most people. Especially comics. Especially comics. I mean, how many people, comics-wise, are not funny at all to hang out with? And yet... Well, they're funny to hang out with, but they might not be funny... On stage. <laughs> <laughs> on stage. Yeah, or vice versa. You know, I know a lot of comics that are very serious. I mean, very serious when you're hanging out with them, but so amazing on stage, too. Uh, that is a trend, yeah, that people are a little more reserved off stage. Also, sometimes you talk to people right after they've done a show and they're just, like, you're just depleted, you know? Like, oh, sure. I, I always feel bad if I go to dinner with people after a show because I have nothing to say. I was just yelling at an audience for an hour. <laughs> I got nothing. Wow. So do you, uh, do you still get nervous before you go on stage? I've been nervous for most everything I've done for... 32 years, so yes. I, that's that's kind of normal, and I guess that never is going to go away, and if it does, it's not a good thing. Well, I, yeah, and sometimes it's not pure nervous, like I'm about to puke, but it's just kind of, oh, I hope I remember that bit I want to do, or uh, I haven't seen this, I haven't done a sound check yet, so I think that's going to be weird. Uh, yeah, 
know, different, different things occupy your mind. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with much more John Mulaney. We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFon. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web, at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Paradise Nail Bar is a new experience in service and atmosphere for full service manicure and pedicure services With two convenient Las Vegas locations we've expanded to a new facility in Southeast Las Vegas Eastern and Windmill as well as in Summerlin Come and enjoy our services at Paradise Nail Bar and Salon the finest in services for your salon and spa needs. Offering full-service hair salon, manicure and pedicure, massages and spa. At Paradise Nail Bar, we also do many petty parties for special occasions or any other reason you'd like. Have your party here with friends, beverages, and karaoke. Book now online 24-7 at paradisenailbar.com. Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Hey, hey, and we are back with comedian John Mullaney. My question to you is, do you remember your worst hell gig ever when you were doing comedy? Because everybody seems to remember their absolute worst, and the stories are hilarious when you look back on them. Um, you know, I remember doing stand-up at this campground in Tennessee, uh, that was so bad that the show just ended. I just, <laughs> I was bombing so badly that a golf cart pulled up and picked me up and, <laughs> and, off and we just drove out. That's uh, pretty funny. I was just like riding on the back of a golf cart in the woods of Tennessee. And then, um... You know, uh, one of the first times I was uh, emceeing at this club in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I remember I was wearing a shirt I bought at, like, Goodwill or something that was a Shell gasoline shirt. You yes, know, like in a yes. Movie. And uh, I didn't realize that people thought I was going to be doing, like, a character, like Larry the Cable Guy. But I got off stage, and I was like, why did that go so badly? My friend was like, I think people thought you were in a costume because you were wearing a Shell gasoline oh, shirt. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, and I was like, oh, uh, okay, I guess I shouldn't wear 
subject that I always was, I considered myself superstitious with clothing. And if I wore something on stage and I had a great set, I would wear that again. But if I didn't have, if I, I'd associate what I was wearing, like maybe because I never wore that before on stage, you know, maybe it changed That's the perception. It, yeah. yeah. Because, and you just made a perfect argument because like a couple of weeks ago, Tony Orlando, when I asked him, he said to me, I've never been superstitious. He said, and it seems to me like you were just blaming your bad shows on your clothing. And I just had no answer because it's, I was like, Wow, it does sound like that, but that never occurred to me. But you just brought up the point. It's what the audience perceives from what you are wearing. They perceived you as you're wearing a uniform, and you don't know what they're perceiving you as. Like, well, may- yeah, they were like, why aren't you doing jokes about working at a Shell gas station? Right, right. And maybe they were perceiving me as, you know, my cleavage was too low or, you know, they expected me to do bimbo jokes or who knows? You don't know what they're perceiving. So I feel much better with your answer now because I'm going to go back and tell Tony, aha, <laughs> Yeah, tell Tony that it's okay to be paranoid about everything. That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Exactly. So I, you're, I have so much respect for the fact that you are not only the star of your sitcom Mulaney, and I love Martin Short to boot, and you know, but you are executive producer. How did you manage this? What do you mean? How did how did you like? I find that most people like you know Ray Romano was executive producer, but it takes time before they let you. Even if you write and uh, you create a sitcom, I find that they don't give you all the um, executive producer. They don't they don't let you have control. Is what I mean. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, at a certain point, if you were sound confident enough, even if you have no business having control like I did, uh, <laughs> people just want to believe that you know what you're doing. So they'd much rather just have someone come in and act like they know what's up. That's so, hilarious. You know, you can take it. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I take it you casted Martin Short. Is that true? Well, I was lucky to work with Lauren Michaels on the show, and he's known... Marty for a long time, so that was how it was. Uh, oh, so you didn't write him in? You didn't, like, have oh, him? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, they was, he was not my top of my list. Oh, I didn't know that. And, okay. Okay. But, like, but I never thought I could get him, you know what I mean? So, oh, God, that's, that is but, very cool. Yeah, it was very cool. So now, are you on pins and needles going from season to season? Going, are, are they going to pick this up? Uh, you know, because that's normally how it goes. No, no, it's too much of a bloodbath to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's too tough of a business to expect a second to do. Wow. Wow. That's rough. So what do you do? What, what, in your mind, well, are you... I go on the road and I'll be in Vegas this weekend. And, but know, are you okay. thinking of a next project? Are you thinking of the, the next thing you want to conquer? No, no, I'm really just happy to be doing 
live shows again because it was about two years, and if you count SNL, six years since I've been able to just be on the road every week. You know, I've been busy with some kind of thing, and it was really frustrating because I wanted to, like after I had a couple specials out and a couple albums out, I wanted to be touring more, and I never could. So I'm really glad that I have, you know, these months to just go all around the country. It's honestly been like five years since I've been able to go out and do cities every week. That's awesome. That's awesome that you really enjoy doing stand-up. So many comics don't, you know. It's it's, it's the thing I like the most, to be able to spend uh, my week traveling and doing that is great. Interesting. And you also won Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Original original Music and Lyrics. (laughs) Yes. Well, I just wrote the lyrics. I've never really written a melody in my life, and nor should I, but I <laughs> Justin Timberlake is the singing. Seth Myers and I wrote the lyrics, excuse me, and Justin Timberlake helped and then sang it, which is a good way to win an Emmy. That is, f- so you're Emmy Award winner. I mean... You can technically say that, but yes. <laughs> I'm an Emmy Award winning song lyricist. Yes, and that's how I will be billing you. Uh, mind you, John Mulaney, and I'm so, so yes, I am so looking forward to seeing you with the Mirage March 6th, and yes, doing stand-up, thank you so much, John, very appreciate it, take care, bye-bye, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Weird Al Yankovic, an exclusive backstage interview from the cannery. We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right. That person you see in the mirror every day, well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling Hairworks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extension with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies. And feathers are available. Whether it's making your hair longer or thicker, Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters. And then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you with Hairworks by Janice Fasaro. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web, 
at www.hrwellness.net. The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic. Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. with the stars is our motto on Las Vegas Backstage Talk. So here we are with Weird Al. Are we getting personal? We're getting personal. Oh my goodness. I know. It's scary to you? A little bit, yeah. I saw you on Craig Ferguson and... You were the one watching? (laughs) How was it? You were amazing. (laughs) Did I amaze you? You did. You did. You have it. You know what amazes me about you? Your longevity. Your longevity. I'm still alive, yes. But how... Tell me how, what you attribute your longevity to. Uh, you know, I, I work with very talented people. I've had the same band since the early 80s, and they're all incredible musicians. Uh, a lot of sheer tenacity. I, I refuse to give up or go away. Uh, and a lot of luck. And I have, I have the best bands in the world, too. Has it been hard? Tell me the hardest times you have had in this business. Uh, well, just starting out. I mean, when I first started out, I, I always get permission when I do parodies. And these days, it's easy because I've got a track record. I've been doing this for a long time. People know what to expect, and a lot of artists consider it an honor and an homage. But when I first started out, uh, I wasn't getting my phone calls returned. Like, Weird Al, did you say? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really interested. So, do you think? Did you ever think of changing your name because you? I thought, thought of Weird Bob, but that wouldn't really <laughs> that wouldn't have worked for me. So, so you never thought maybe it's superstitious that maybe they're getting turned off by Weird Al wants <laughs> to do this parody? You know? You know, I, I, I believe in uh, truth and advertising, and I didn't want to call myself Normal Al. That just wouldn't have flown. How did you come up with Weird Al? Well, it's a it's an amazing story, actually. Um, Al is short for Alfred, so I decided to shorten it that way because Weird Alfred, too many syllables. You don't look like an Alfred I, whatsoever. You know, that's why I had to change it. Like I was Alfred all up until I went to college, and then when I went to college, I became Al because I was trying to like uh, I was trying to uh, you know ignore my nerd past, like you know Alfred. It's like Poindexter. They should have named me Poindexter. You know, uh, but you know, Al just thought, I thought, oh yeah, Al, that's you know, hip and cool. I like it. So, okay, so tell me about your journey because you started out as a musician, I would imagine, because I could tell you're really into music. You really are a musician. And, and, <laughs> I really oh, am. No, but you, you're it's crazy. So let me. Okay, I have to know. Yeah. Because people, I don't think people think about it. They go, oh, he's so funny. But you're really, your music is incredible. Thank you. And you have sold more albums than some of the really serious people that invent songs. Not that you don't. This is my where I'm getting to. Did you ever resent doing a parody and only doing parody? Because I bet you anything, you wrote original songs. Uh, half of my material is original. Thanks for noticing. You know what I'm saying. What? <laughs> Melodies. Yes. Um, you know, not parodies. Yes. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yes, half of my material is not parody. It's actually original. Okay. What I'm saying is hits. Hits. As far as hits. Tell uh-huh. me your biggest hit. My biggest hit? Uh, today's probably White and Nerdy. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. So, which is closest to your heart? 
Which what? Not the one. Which song? Which song in my done. life? What song did you never expect to do well, and it did amazing? Well, White Nerdy did better than I thought. I mean, I thought they would do okay, but you know, I didn't think it would like surpass Eat It and you know sell over a million copies legally. That uh, is crazy. And, yeah, and, that uh, is crazy. Yeah, it, so I, I, uh, I, I'm, I was the Eat It guy for a long time, and now I'm officially the White Nerdy guy. What about your Gaga? I think it's amazing. My Gaga. <laughs> your Gaga Saga. Okay, I love the Gaga Saga, and I love your website, and we have links to Weird Al Yankovic's website on Las Vegas Backstage Talk. So anything you want to know about Weird Al, you come to us, Las Vegas Backstage Talk, and we're going to share that with y'all. Oh, boy. Yes, yes. And we're going to break, and we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. Perfect. Now, question to you. Mm -hmm. Can we have a camera over here this way? Yeah. Is it? Because... I feel, I mean, musicians are very artistic people. Mm -hmm. Autistic, too. <laughs> okay, tell me when you're ready. Because <laughs> I don't want to lose any of this footage. Okay. And we are back with Weird Al Yankovic backstage at the cannery. And Weird Al, I can, Weird Al, do people say to you, Weird Al, or do they go, Al? I, I get both. Well, then they go, Alfred. Sometimes, sometimes Mr. Yankovic, sir. Sometimes Jungle Beast. Sometimes they call me Bob. They, and sometimes they call me uh, Kenny G. You know what? what? I could see that. I could see them Can calling you? you Kenny G. Yeah. So you get that a lot, I'm sure. People go, oh, give me your autograph. And then they go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just... <laughs> it's very sad. It's very sad. I bet you he gets the uh, same thing. No, it's just me. I don't think so. You know what? <laughs> he, I have an interview with him coming up. Yeah. Howard Stern. <laughs> so, have you done his show? I, I have, yeah. So, tell me about Howard Stern. What do you want to know about Howard Stern? I know I, everything about Howard Stern. I want to know what it was like being on his show. It was amazing. I He, he peeled back the layers and exposed the real... Al Yankovic. Somehow I believe that. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what did you find out about yourself that you didn't already know? Oh, it was it was like going to therapy. I just it was just like years of suppressed feelings were spewing out of me. It was I I, I can't really share it now because I, I'm back to being repressed. Have you been to therapy? Not yet, but after this interview, I think I will be. <laughs> Going. Well, I, we I have it. a therapist for you, Do you? waiting on the sidewalk. It's good to know. Good because to know. from experience, Weird Al. Be I have to call you Weird Al because... Do you? All right, then. Yes. Do you, you have people doing this all the You're time? You're the only one. I love that. I love that, that I'm the only one. So, I couldn't help but notice, we are in uh, your green room backstage, and you have a lot of healthy, healthy things back here. Would you like some? Tell no, yourself. No, I, no, it's too healthy for me. Oh, sorry. I, I want to know, is it always been that way, or have you been like some weird, crazy alcoholic and nut job? Tell me about that. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't. I've, I don't remember ever being an alcoholic in that job. Uh, I've, I've always been fairly healthy, uh, especially when you're on the road. You want to, you know, uh, kind of not uh, pass out and peel over on stage. So I try to take it easy when I'm not on stage. Uh, try to save my voice. Try to eat well. Try to get a lot of sleep. And yeah, because you know, uh, I don't want to be a cautionary tale. 
Okay, so speaking of that, now you're a musician and you're a singer. Now you know how musicians and singers are. Uh, I'm dyslexic. just saying. How? <laughs> dyslexic. Omnipotent? Are you dyslexic? Uh, on? No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh man, you are fan. Just like on Craig Ferguson, you did surprise me. I mean, you're just like, <laughs> bam. I think you surprised the producer too. Uh, did I? Who, yeah, the producer who didn't. Now the, let's talk about let's talk about when you want to get the okay for a, a, a song uh -huh. because you can't trust the source, can you? I mean, when you go to a manager or somebody and you ask for permission, you don't know if it's coming from the artist, like well, Lady that, Gaga. That's true, that's true, because when I, when I went through the whole thing with Lady Gaga, we were talking to the manager, and we always assumed, uh, because that's what we're being told, that it was being cleared through Lady Gaga, but it came out in the end that she wasn't even aware of it at all uh, until my son came out on YouTube, and then People are like, oh, I'm not letting Al do his thing. And she's like, what? what are you talking about? Now, this is the same situation with Craig Ferguson, isn't it? It seems to be, yeah. Now, explain what happened on Craig Ferguson. Well, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Craig's. And uh, from what I understand, he's always been a fan of mine. And uh, I, I, my record label was trying to always get me on the show, but they were never able to find a spot. And it just never was working out. Uh, and, you know, Craig, at the same time, was like trying to get me on the show, but he says it wasn't working out for for him, so I don't know where the miscommunication was coming in. He was blaming his producer. That you know, that's fine with me. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Weird Al Yankovic. We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle Lafon. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right. That person you see in the mirror every day, well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling Hairworks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extension with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies. And feathers are available. Whether it's making your hair longer or thicker, Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters. And then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you with Hairworks by Janice Fasaro. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web, 
at www.hrwellness.net. The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic. Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Hey, hey, and we are back with Weird Al Yankovic. Was there a moment with Lady Gaga that you actually questioned? Was it Lady Gaga or was it the manager for real? Or was it publicity? Once the publicity got out that she said no and people, your fans were so disappointed that you couldn't release the song. Well, you know, is there a part of you that does that? They has to. Empirically, we'll never know for sure. I mean, of there's course. no way to prove it. But I, I choose to. No, but no, I, I choose to believe that that it was in fact her manager because that seems that that follows uh, history. That that seems more logical to me. I mean, I've because historically, whenever I've had any problem uh, with an artist, it was because of their manager or whoever was representing them, either not wanting to deal with it or trying to make a decision in their best interest. And artists, by and large, are pretty cool and they get the joke and they understand what I'm trying to do. So it's usually the manager that kind of gets in the way. Amazing, isn't it? So have you been through a lot of managers? Well, me personally? Yes. Uh, I've had the same manager since 1981, 82. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. That's that's impressive for both you and your manager, <laughs> you know? So, okay, let me, let, I, there's so many questions that I have for you. Um, your personal life. Because we get personal oh, on Las yes. Vegas backstage oh, yes. talk. So, your personal life. Tell okay. me, tell me, how how do you have a personal life when you're on tour? You're doing a, Apocalypse Now, and am I right? Uh, the movie Apocalypse Now? Uh, well, you know what I mean. It's the same thing. Uh, I'm doing the Alpocalypse tour. Alpocalypse. Say that again. Alpocalypse. Alpocalypse. All right, my. Uh, mm, Mistake. Okay. Al, you know what? You got me doing that with all your parodies. I, I get them. I say them because I totally go where you wanted yes, me to go. I certainly do. You know, you control the world. Do I? Al. Somebody had to do it. Weird Al. I'm glad I got the job. Yes, yes. And you know what? I have never heard one negative thing about you personally. Well, let me tell you a few things. I love it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't would know. love it. I am perfectly. Now you're a family so. man. Too. I am. I am. So how do you deal? How do you balance that? Well, you know, um, I try not to go more than two weeks without seeing my wife and daughter. So either they'll fly out for a weekend, or uh, or I'll make a pit stop in L.A. Um, and that works out. I mean, I, I don't do six month tours anymore. I try to keep them fairly short, and they they come out in the middle. They pick a city. On the, on the itinerary. Oh, that'll be fun to go there. And they come out, we have a little family time. So, How old is your uh, daughter? My daughter's uh, nine years old. Wow. Okay. That is hard to kind of juggle all that. It's, you know, it's it's difficult to, you know, leave the family and, and head out on the road. Uh, but, you know, we, we make it work. And I we talk to them every day and I Skype them or FaceTime them every night. So we try to you know, keep the bond going. But, yeah, about two weeks is when we start to really, like, go, you know, listen Aww. to the lot. So we try to figure that out. Now, uh, do they follow you on Twitter? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I follow my wife and she follows me. Because you have, like... A huge following on Twitter, yeah. more than most. So you are you worried about like? It's officially more than most. Thank you. A, it is really, it is more than most. <laughs> and uh, you know what's scary is that all of your followers, I'm sure, feel like they know you personally. <laughs> that's, 
That is kind of scary. Now, wow. you have a successful children's book. I, I do. Explain what made you, what drove you to say, hey, you know, I should be doing that. Uh, I was approached by an editor from HarperCollins uh, who said that she thought that I would be fairly adept at children's literature because of the wordplay in my lyrics. And she thought I was clever and creative and I had a, a, you know, a special kind of relationship with, with uh, my younger fans. And she thought I'd be good. And I thought, well, you know, I think I would too. And uh, I pitched her some ideas and the one that she liked was called When I Grow Up. Uh, so, and it worked out very well. I, I had a fun writing the book. In fact, I wrote my second children's book. It'll be out next year sometime. Uh, but yeah, I had a great time, and uh, I am now officially a New York Times best-selling author, which I'm very happy about. Congratulations. That's amazing. And you have another thing coming out soon. What else do you have coming out? There's a coffee table book called uh, Weird Al the Book. Uh, now, I, I didn't write it. It was written by uh, Nathan Raven. A coffee Raven. table book is well, like... It's, well, for a smaller coffee table, okay. I don't know. I don't know how big it is, right. but a nice, a nice, beautiful hardcover book, suitable for any coffee table. Uh, coming out uh, October first. Uh, Nathan Raven from Onions AV Club wrote it. I contributed a few things here and there, but it's a it's a beautiful book full of cool pictures from you know from when I was just an embryo to present day. Wow! So what what motivated that? Uh, I, again, the uh, Abrams, which is a book company, uh, was wanting to do a book with me, and, and we thought, well, let's do a, a career retrospective kind of book. So, I love the fact that you just stay relevant over and over again. I mean, I, I just don't, it, it's amazing. You don't sit down and think, what can I do next? What can I do? They're all coming to you. <laughs> this is amazing. Well, sometimes I do think on my own, but, but I, I, I'm also grateful that, you know, people approach me with some fun ideas and, and concepts and, uh, you know, it works that way too. I think that is, I mean, so you don't get bored. Yeah, only boring people get bored. I agree with that. So what is your goal 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now? What would be the best case scenario for Weird Al? Oh, still being alive would be nice. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I, I love doing what I do. Uh, you know, I don't know if at what point it would be just sad to see me out on stage doing the high kicks and I think wearing you're a fat far suit. away from that. Well, you know, there will come a day when people just kind of go, oh, Al, really? <laughs> but so far, I'm still having a good time and the fans still are, are enjoying it. So we'll, we'll see how long I can do this. Now, when you're international, do you find that there's a language barrier with your parodies? I don't play uh, internationally too much. I, I, I play uh, in Canada and Australia. I played uh, the UK and Amsterdam for the first time. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, but I, I don't really play uh, a lot or really at all in non-English speaking countries. I think Amsterdam was the only Oh, country. Amsterdam. Yeah, that was fun. But I'd love to Too do more. Too so healthy yeah, that you well. enjoy <laughs> Amsterdam, yeah. you know, and, and you probably had your wife and, and kid with you. Uh, well, she, no, not that time. And if no. not, now she's paranoid no, after no. seeing this. I'm, you're fine. You're I'm fine. sure you're such a regular guy, and I can't, cannot thank you enough. But before we sure go, you can. okay, <laughs> you're right. There's always a way. When there's a will, there's a way. Before we go, I have to ask you: out of all the people you have met and worked with, celebrity people, yes, tell me who shocked you the most, and who wasn't what you expected them to be. 
Well, I have to say you in both cases. I'm just really <laughs> amazed at how you are. You're so different than I anticipated, and I'm just shocked and amazed. You're not allowed to say me. Okay, well, besides not... me, besides me, because that's just obvious, Al. Oh. Now we're Al. Now you're not weird, Al, because yeah. you said that. <laughs> now you're very, very not weird. Okay. Yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't think anybody's really surprised me so much. I, I think... Um, it, it was just it, disappointed I met, you. <laughs> no, no, I can't think of anybody. I mean, uh, I, I met Michael Jackson a couple times, and that was just very. It, it wasn't really different uh, than I anticipated, but it was just very odd because he w he was such a bigger than life persona. Of course. It was just sort of like he, 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 he kind of couldn't comprehend that this was a human being because he was such an icon. You know, it was like yeah. meeting like a living, talking Madame Tussauds wax figure. You Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of that, do you want to be waxed? Later today, yes. I can handle that. <laughs> yes, I can. I could see a Weird Al Yankovic on the strip. Could you? Absolutely. That'd be fun. And then to strip. <laughs> yes, I do. No, seriously, I, I definitely can. Okay, let's make it happen. Let's get the Facebook petition happening right now. You know what? You're absolutely right. And you got me started on Twitter, and I'm going to start Twitter, and let's see if I get the results that okay. you've got. You know, I hope that someday you have more than most. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna make the papers. Weird Al Yankovic, who doesn't want to kill Weird Al? Who doesn't? Everybody, everybody. You know what? You're such a nice guy. Oh, See, there's a difference between laughing with somebody and laughing at them. He just laughed at me. I just want everyone to know. I know. I who doesn't want to kill Weird Al? Everybody. <laughs> said that. You just misinterpreted me. Just like everyone seems to do. I don't understand it. You know? I, I just don't. But I, I want to thank you so much and I'm, I'm trying to respect what your manager said. You know, keep it to the time that I was told because there's a part of me At some point I have to do a show tonight, so you know. I can't wait to see your show tonight. Me yes. too. It's going to be awesome. We are at the Cannery Backstage. Thank you, Weird Al Yankovic. And Las Vegas Backstage Talk.com will have everything on this lunatic. Oh my. Everything. All links, you name it, come to us. And that's it for this week, and we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFon, where you can listen in on those inside conversations and backstage stories with the stars that make Las Vegas the entertainment capital of the world. We are streaming live every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Audio of past shows are archived on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Videos of backstage interviews are also on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. And we are available on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk.